listening to White Truck. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to What's Truck on this beautiful Friday. I'm the dude, Michael Vincent. And he is Dooner. How's it going, Dooner? Hey, you know, so <laughs> what's up, man? So I was <laughs> what's uh, right before I came on air. I was looking through the the Nikola earnings and I was reading some of the commentary on social media about it. And I don't know if you've seen these, but if you look at their company earnings, right, the only revenue that the company made and they listed it as zero point zero three million dollars. It was thirty thousand dollars for installing solar panels at executive chairman and former what the truck guest Trevor Milton's ranch. Wow, zero point zero three million. <laughs> doesn't that make it worse than just saying thirty k? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, or does it make and, it better? Uh, you know, I'm 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 really not sure that's legit. Is is that legit, dude? Well, I mean, as, if you're investing in this, you go, hey, look, look, making revenue. <laughs> they got the they got the engineers out there cutting Trevor Milton's lawn at his at his ranch. I, I I would agree with you. I would think that saying that you're just sort of pre revenue, the business is still maturing. You're building the badger, you're building the trucks, would probably look better. But it got me thinking. You mentioned on here multiple times you've been going to Home Depot a lot during this pandemic and doing home improvement yes. projects. So why don't you and I start a company? Right, we'll start a company and then we'll sell the uh, the Home Depot products to your house and then we'll also start a lawn care business so that it's recurring revenue when we have to mow it. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect. <laughs> Home improvement powered by Dooner. Let's cash in on the multiple, man. <laughs> you know, I, I think what, it's so perfect, man. Right. One of the reasons, and if you know me, you know I put that pretty order on the Cybertruck. So one of the reasons I took umbrage and took interest in this call was because their CEO, who's not Trevor Milton, is a different guy now. Trevor Milton's executive chairman now, but he said the Cybertruck during the call looked like a doorstop, and that's why they made the Badger. But here's a couple numbers for you: six hundred thousand of those doorstops got a hundred dollar pre-orders. Are all of them going to convert? I have no idea. But compared to the Badger, it, the Badger, they didn't even release the pre-order numbers. It only had eighty-nine thousand expressions of interest whatever that means so you know what i'm still team cybertruck yeah i, I imagine i imagine that jr is going to say they got your hundred dollars did they not do they do man and they're going to get and by the way the cybertruck is substantially cheaper than the badger i didn't even realize the badger price before cybertruck 40 to seventy thousand fully loaded badger 60 to ninety thousand fully loaded ah yeah they're Ooh. proud of that badger huh yeah. i like the look of the badger though at least the the, the mock-up of it i i, I like the look of it yeah. Hey, oh, Matt, I'm a Cybertruck guy. I, I, I mean, the Cybertruck's probably kick, you know, probably kicks ass. It's probably a great truck, but I, I, and I liked it. I like it more than when I first saw it, but man, I like the Badger look. Yeah. Hey, we got some folks in the comments too. Amanda Miller says, Happy Friday. Hope White says, Good afternoon, everyone. Taylor Barker says, What's up, brother? He's going to play a song for us in a little bit. Khalid KSA says, Good. What's happening? Tony Anderson, Happy Friday. Y'all, Wan Craig is in the house. And Matt Henning says, Pre revenue equals no deal in the Shark Tank. If you want to learn how to get a deal in the Shark Tank, go back, I think, about two Fridays, right, Michael Vincent? That's when we told you how to do that one. Yeah, it's absolutely. Absolutely right. Absolutely. Yes. The, the grip mat, is that what it's called? The grit mat. That thing is pissa. All right, man. Let's pay the yeah. band. <laughs> Try and pay partners with brokers and shippers to process carrier payments. With nearly 80,000 carriers paid, Try and Pay provides a simple solution for your carriers to manage their payments in one place. With Try and Pay, carriers can upload and submit paperwork, manage their payments, and connect to freight brokers directly from anywhere. To learn more, tell them, Michael Vincent. Oh, yeah, baby. I was waiting for that one. Go to triumphpay.com immediately after this show. Immediately. (laughs) 
I was hoping you were going to cue me on that one, Dooner. I was trying to make up for the time that I missed it completely. You've been you've been trained now. Um, hey, <laughs> here it's Friday. Let's start with some good news. Number of U.S. truck transportation jobs is up 2,000 in July. John Kingston reports the number of truck transportation jobs in the U.S. rose by 2,000 in July, according to the monthly employment report of the Bureau of Labor Statistics released Friday. Uh, however, year over year, so good news, bad news, year over year, there's been a net decline of 115,000 jobs in the sector, but still good news because a lot of prognosticators were thinking that these numbers were going to be pretty dire. So seeing at some uptick, even if it's a few thousand, is still good. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it, we, we've got to recover, and it's, a, it's the right trend. So an uptick is great. Now, rail, though, on the other hand, is not doing so, not doing so hot as employment fell uh, in that sector, uh, 3,200 jobs uh, in the month. And although warehouse saw a decline of 5,700 jobs in the month as well, month of July, year over year, the sector has actually gained 14,000 jobs. Uh, and Kevin Hill says, so. Kevin Hill says, I don't care what you say. The Badger is still a better looking truck. Timothy Dooner. Amen. Uh, you know, Kevin likes uh, generic looking things. So I would, I would, you know, <laughs> he likes generic looking vehicles. So I would think that he, that would be a, uh, a vehicle for him. I like a little bit more flair. I like the look of the Cybertruck, but I firmly agree that I think that a lot of Cybertruck buyers are going to be people who may not traditionally buy trucks. I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. Hey, here's a little bit more good news. The, the national unemployment rate dropped to 10.2% from 11.1% as the country added 1.76 million jobs in June. Uh, according to analyst forecasts, so, you know, good news, bad news, but mostly good news, especially because it could have been worse, I would I would say. Fair enough, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I believe for the couple weeks following that, we actually had upticks in unemployment. So, yeah, it's good to see it coming down. OIDA, they're pressing regulators on detention, time, and truck pay. Go back and listen to yesterday's Midday Market Update. You had two guests who were focusing pretty heavily on that, but John Gallagher reports owner-operators told federal regulators that repealing an 80-year law preventing them from collecting overtime pay could help alleviate the negative effects of increasing detention times at destination facilities. Lewis Pug, he's the VP of OIDA, he said, unfortunately, drivers' times aren't valued, especially by shippers and receivers. Man, where have I heard that before? Yeah, I've heard that many, many times throughout my career and a lot recently. But, you know, in 1938, the FLSA exempted the trucking industry from overtime compensation, which meant that companies are not required to pay overtime, a provision meant to protect employers from having to compensate for work that could not be accounted for. But electronic logging devices make driver hours more transparent, Dooner, and so they're giving employers better visibility into how and when detention is affecting the driver uh, productivity. And so they're starting to take a look into this. Yeah, he noted that the uh, what that recent one point five trillion dollar infrastructure bill passed by Democrat controlled U.S. House of Representatives includes provisions for studying the causes of detention times and puts limits on detention times by shippers if drivers are not compensated. So maybe a step in the right direction. But, you know, it's on the hill. So who knows what gridlock that'll hit. Here's one for you. The Sonar team, it's Friday. Let's have some fun. The Sonar team has released their top 15 trucking songs. The top five are, and in the comments, please list your favorite trucking song. But the top five here are I've Been Everywhere, right? I'm an Everywhere Man by Johnny Cash. We get Convoy by C.W. McCall, a song that I think is kind of annoying. Right. Trucking by The Grateful Dead. C.B. Savage by Rod Hart. On the Road Again by Willie Nelson. Any objections here? Well, you know, it's hard to argue with Johnny Cash, Dooner. He he is the man, and yeah. it's and it's a solid tune as well. Also, Trucking by the Grateful Dead, I, I love, and On the Road. Not so sure about CB Savage and and Convoy myself, but dude, where's Space Trucking? Little Deep Purple. 
Deep Perps? Where's that? <laughs> Space trucking. I mean, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, come on. But 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 seriously, I love that tune, and I I really would like to see that on the list because it's it's killer. But thank God for the radio, Alan Jackson. What do you think about that one? That should be there. Don't well, you think? I'm ha- so I had some inside baseball in this one. Adam Robinson sent me a copy of this draft before he put it out, and I was like, "Hey, hold the phone. Wait a minute. How could you not have Sammy Hagar's winner takes it all from over the top?" Included on here, so he did put it in as an editor's conclusion, so I, I remove my, my point of contention, but if you go to uh, Sonar, we've got a whole bunch of blogs over on the Sonar site. They have the top 15 trucking songs with lists to all of them. Uh, Heather Martin says, uh, On the Road Again is her favorite. Hmm, what do you think? There you go. <laughs> I think one of the best comments on that on, on the Hagar <laughs> winner takes it all is somebody posted in there. I'm going to go chug a quart of Castrol after listening to this song. <laughs> oh yeah. That that awesome. Very strong one. And also see Amanda Miller says eastbound and down. That was number 11 on the list. Yeah. I would have put that in the top five myself. Yeah. 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 Good point. Solid point. Agree. Yeah. Should we call uh, Ryan Schreiber up? Talk to him about, uh, you know, worse trends on LinkedIn, messy data, prioritization. Is he expecting our call today? No, but let's, let's see just see what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, he's probably not busy. Just, let's just see if he's around. He's probably not doing anything. All right. Should I call him with the? Should we do a funk overdrop? Let's let's do your funk stuff. Okay. Hello, this is Ryan. Oh, there we go. Hey. Hey, Ryan. We're at the door. On, hey, buddy. You're on What the Truck, Ryan. Hey. Don't fight the groove. Pizza's here. <laughs> What's happening, Ryan Schreiber? <laughs> he's uh, the director. Pizza's here? I know this got weird in a hurry. <laughs> he's the director. <laughs> he's the director of engagement and weirdness at Carrier Direct. It is TV's Ryan Schreiber. Ryan, right before you came on, we were talking about this top 15 trucking songs that were compiled by uh, the big man, Adam Robinson, right? Did you get a chance to look I at trust that? His, I trust his judgment. Did you I'm get, just going to defer to Adam Robinson on this one. Okay. Do you have a trucking song you like? I picked Winner Take It All by Sammy Hagar from Over the Top. That is, that's my jam. Oh, what was that? Like Convoy? What was, what was the name of the song that was like, you know, the one about the convoy? You know, where the guy's on the CB at the beginning of the yep, song? That's Convoy. <laughs> it's called Convoy. Yeah, there you go. Convoy. <laughs> Wayne Craig, Wayne Craig says life is a highway. Wow. Well, Wayne is kind of Wayne is a very sort of positive, free and loose guy. I could see him TikTok into oh, yeah, that. That's a good one too. Yeah. Give me forty eight. My pick, my pick, Ryan, was was space trucking. Why isn't space trucking deep purple on there? That there you go. Yeah, you're a buckeye though. So like I mean, we have to discount that. <laughs> <laughs> is that that one is okay. Oh, Ryan, I forgot <laughs> to is. use that Sonic the Hedgehog picture. Yeah, you forgot to use the oh, Sonic man, picture. I'm sorry, Come man. on. Um, so next time, well, that, that'll be your excuse to next come time. on uh, again. Hey, what's the worst trend on LinkedIn right now? Let's start some drama. <laughs> what's the worst trend on LinkedIn? Yeah, let's start. Probably, some- <laughs> I, would say pro- I would say probably Sonic the Hedgehog just because it hits me too close to home. That's just my inside really joke attacking you. Thing. Dude, I, I have a way yeah, for right. you to convince your wife to let you rent it. Okay, go. Let's hear it. Um. I'll get back to you on that. I don't know. Just rent okay. it. Just, you didn't actually. Just <laughs> rent it and hope she doesn't see it on the bill. All right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the good thing is I pay the credit card bill, so I could probably get away with it. But we have a small place, so she'll, uh, she'll see me watching it. If oh. leave. Tell her it's on TV. Oh. Be like, yeah, this is TNT. Well, it's dynamite. A good idea. I could probably get away with that. But she's going to listen to this, and then I won't be able to. 
Okay, Ryan. Well, the, you won't tell us the worst trend on LinkedIn, but what is the worst trend in supply chain right now? I've heard you complain about messy data, right? You should get that digital dustpan out. There's too many data sources. It's causing trouble. Nobody's utilizing it the way they should be. So give us some insight into that. What do you mean by that? Yeah, Duner, I, yeah it, it's not so much that the data is messy. We've gotten to this point where, you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago, we talked so much about how we just need to get more data gathered. And certainly there's a lot of work to be done to get more data, to get better and more refined data. But we're at a point where we have solved this problem of data a little bit. And we've got so much of it. And where before there wasn't so many data points and data sources that you couldn't just put all of them in front of a user and ask them to kind of figure it out. Now, we're asking people to consume so many different data points and make decisions on those. Uh, we're doing some really interesting work on how to help people make better decisions with that data by taking all of that data sources together and synthesizing them and really helping them make better decisions. Yeah. So, Ryan, the, the issue is not too much data. It's how do you aggregate that data and turn it into something meaningful so you can make tactical and even strategic decisions and make some sense out of it, right? Yeah, how do you present it to a user in a way where it's consumable? Because we just, it, yeah, absolutely. I'd have yeah, to. I mean, that's the case. I mean, you've got brokers out there, et cetera. They've already got three or four screens. So, how do you integrate additional data sources into those so that they can utilize them and and make some sense out of it? I got you. Hey, what's the state on yeah, uh, Ryan? What's the state of sort of partnerships and collaboration in getting these data sources together? A lot of companies can be very protective of this stuff. Companies internally can silo this stuff. They the one problem, the one issue with companies when going to data is they tend to onboard these programs, but then they they don't change their process at all, right? So they're doing the same exact thing. They're not sharing cross departmentally. They're not utilizing the cloud. They're not using all the functionality that they were sold. And, uh, and, and the data goes to waste. So how do you get people more involved with tying these systems together? Sooner, I think that's a great point that like often and probably too often, technology decisions are made and data, you know, data, data stream decisions are made in, in the ivory tower. And really getting that adoption at the seat level is difficult because they, they, there aren't, those people aren't trained. The process doesn't change or the training isn't really there to help them understand why they need to think differently now than they had before. And so that's a really great point. So Ryan, it's interesting to me as well as having this discussion with somebody else, but I'd love to hear your take on this is it, it, you know, when you start talking about all these different data points and disparate data and bringing it together to make decisions and, and aggregating and stuff. And, and you guys are talking about systems flow and workflows and changes and training, et cetera, but isn't buy into this data a difficult thing to do right now? And is it changing as the kind of new guard in, in transportation logistics starts to take control and is used to using this type of data? It's definitely changing as people are, are getting more comfortable with the fact that they are at a competitive disadvantage if they are not doing something, right? I mean, they, and, and it's, it's gotten to the point where, like, uh, similar to how I was saying before, there's just a question of where do we even start? Folks want improvement. They want to be able to use this data. So a lot of the work that we've been doing recently with Carrier Direct and that what we're seeing in the market is people saying, great, where do I get started and how do I make it consumable? But you're absolutely right that there is a, there is definitely, we are past the inflection point. Folks really understand they've got to do something. Do you think a, uh, a free TMS would help with that? 
possibly if it plays nicely with others. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Ryan, what kind of conversations are you having? Because I know that you have you have conference calls almost oh, weekly, right? You talk to a lot of leaders in this space. What are they talking to you? What are they saying to you from your perspective? What kind of challenges are they facing? Their challenge, yeah, the, fa- the challenges they're facing, particularly when it comes to data, is is really just how do I help my people understand what they need to take away from all of these different data sources? And there's a technology component to that, and there's also to um, to y'all's point uh, a, a process uh, component to that. So how do we bring all of this data in one place? I mean, we could talk about brokers and truck availability. So, you know, you're looking in five different places for truck availability and we're really using institutional knowledge too often to to say who's the first carrier I call, who's the second carrier I call from all of these different places. That's slowing down productivity of the user at the seat level. So getting all of that data into one place and then actually helping users uh, internalize it and use that data is what people are struggling with today. Uh, in this kind of second wave of, if you will, data in, in transportation logistics. Yeah, it's kind of that uh, control tower, if if you will, or, or ensuring you've got homogenous decision-making with the same data points, right? How do you integrate it into your systems and, and through the training and across the board to get that homogenous decision-making? Absolutely, and how do you take it a step further so that folks can uh, – we can reduce the reliance on institutional knowledge and bridge the gap a little bit from high performers to low performers because right now that difference is a lot of institutional knowledge. Well, Brian, what is, what is it? I mean, we're talking about the problem, but how do we get, how do we get people to, to, how do we get people on board with it? If someone's sitting there right now and they're like, yeah, my data is, is, you know, I need some help. How do you go about, uh, where, where do you advise them to do? Well, other than calling me, the other thing that I would advise them to do, because they're already on the phone with me, I guess, in your analogy, I w- I'm, I'm advising them to take a look at the data. And if you're not going to make a real substantial investment uh, in technology, prioritize the data sources and then dig in on training. Really make sure that your folks understand what you want them to take away from any of the data sources that they're looking at. Make sure they understand how the data that you're presenting them impact their day-to-day because really too often it's about where the training is about where to click the button and we assume as leaders that everybody will sort of just pick it up as they go the way that we did but most folks don't do that steve zodiac says i can't drive 55 chris jolly says is this ryan or brian i gotta get you you two on the same show maybe even the same segment not the real brian yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not the real Brian Schreiber, unfortunately. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to let everybody down. You can't, your wife wouldn't let you rent Sonic that Shog or buy a B. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> I, just, I don't make enough money. Well, I have to get Peter on here. You can talk about getting me a raise so I can afford that B. I'm going to ask him, I'm going to send him a LinkedIn message and be like, hey, can you, I just, I know Ryan pretty well. Can you just, you know, send him a, you know, a movie as a gift? A little Sonic that Shog action. Just help the guy out here. You can borrow mine. Oh, wait, you can't. It's only fourteen ninety nine. Come on. Oh no! It's like it's. It, I think it's on sale for nine ninety nine. So it's getting closer, and you can rent it. But at this point, well, I mean, okay. maybe you can just give me your iTunes login, you know. But we can talk about that offline, man. Everybody doesn't need to hear about that on what's the chat, Okay. Right? Well, how do people talk to you if they want to have more conversations with you now? LinkedIn's the best place to find me, as always. Ryan Ryan B Schreiber. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, actively engaged. Just shoot me a message. I'm happy to connect with anybody. Thanks for having me again, guys. Thank you, Ryan. Take it easy.
Thanks, Ryan. Be My, cool. Michael, so what, what's your protocol at home? If you want to make a, a, a purchase, like if you want to rent a Sonic the Hedgehog, you got to get, do you, need the, do you need permission? Do you get blowback for it? How does that work? No, I just do it. You just do it? Yeah, I just do it. <laughs> I find it's easier to just do it and beg forgiveness later. Oh, be like, I, I thought you wouldn't care, right? I, it's yeah, purchase. I figured you, yeah, I think I was going to be okay. <laughs> I give him too much. I give him too much. Uh, too much grief about that. I, 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 maybe I'll get him a copy. I'll send him a copy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, we're gonna call. Uh, we're gonna call Cosman right now. Cosman Serban. He's a truck driver in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Right. Dial him up right now. We just had an article on FreightWaves.com. It was talking about how truck drivers are having a hard time getting medical service from uh, getting you know healthcare from you know dentists don't want to see them. They're being told to go virtually. Uh, hopefully he answers his phone here. If not, we'll just call Ryan back. Get a little funk going in the background. Hey, Cosman. Hello, and thank you for calling. I'm sorry I missed your call. Ah, you gave a message, and I'll that. get back to you what? as soon as possible. Wow. Sure we wow. Oh, man. I can't believe that. Oh, let's call. Should we call Adam Robinson up instead and see if he wants to talk about, um, see if he wants to talk about that, that list? I'm going to dial Adam. We, we Maybe can. Yeah, him. absolutely. I'd like to understand why he left Deep Purple off there. And can't believe he got stood up. Chris Jolly's in the comments. We all just call Chris up <laughs> if he doesn't answer. <laughs> Chris, if you're there, Chris, if you want to talk, I'll call you up, man. We'll talk about what we talked about on Put That Coffee Down. This is Adam Robinson. Hello, Timothy. This is Adam Robinson. How are you doing, Timothy Dooner? Hey, you are on the air with Dooner and the Dude hey. on What the Truck. A, uh, we got stood up by a guest. I, I don't know. Maybe he's been held up or, or, you know, north of the border trying to talk to a trucker up in Canada. He, uh, you know, he left us at the altar over here. But we were talking about that trucking top songs that you put those sonar blogs. So I thought maybe this is a good opportunity to talk a little bit about that list and also about this content that you're putting on the sonar site, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. Always happy to fill in for my Canadian brethren. <laughs> I'll try to represent as much as I can. But, uh, you know, a little bit up for debate, right? Over on the Sonar blog today. Typically, we leave this over to you, uh, Duder and the Dude, to, you know, get a bit of co- uh, uh, controversy going. But I decided I'd put my uh, hat in the ring to, to stir it up. And we published our choice of the top 15 songs with a special bonus picks so don't miss that one but i encourage everybody to head over to sonar.freightwaves.com to check out our blog and i want to make sure you weigh in on the linkedin comments for the great post that you put together dooner uh and give us your top songs or as we're live right now if you're in the comments on linkedin i'd love to have you i'll, I'll put a link to it and i'd love to have your thoughts if you think my picks are any good happy to have the debate with you now, what methodology did you use when you were making this list? Was this just personal taste? Did you survey the Sonar team? Did you use data data within the uh, the Sonar uh, Mission Control? Which actually, I saw Sonar Mission Control working on a Nest. I don't know if you saw that that picture on our Slack. That was I was fascinated by that. I don't know why I necessarily would need Sonar Mission Control on a Nest, but I just thought it was cool. It was there anyway. Absolutely. A visualization of data is uh, the ability to get quick, actionable insights, right? And do something about it. So, no, we're not embedding a uh, song player over in the sonar data. But when we look deeply into the full truckload over uh, indexes uh, on OTRI and uh, what was going on in, in the head hall and the drive-in and the reefer and, of course, our new ocean shipments report with Sonar 7.0, we did get inspired. And so we dug deep into the Google machine and the team you know, we sit around about 50 and we did a quick vote and we were able to get to that top 15. So it was a little bit of a data play, crowdsourcing people's thoughts because 
course, we got to get back to our roots, and that's giving the best data to the freight market. Oh, you know what? I'm glad you're on, too, because now, Michael Vincent, you were here. You guys can nerd out about sonar. I even have, I accidentally loaded this bumper. I'm going to use it right now. <laughs> on the Radar, presented by Sonar. All right, boys, what's going on in Sonar this week? Let's do a little breakdown. <laughs> what's going on in Sonar this week? Sonar, yeah. <laughs> OTVI keeps uh, skyrocketing, my friend. You seeing that, Adam? Oh, man, it's to the roof, you know, and I thought, you know, we typically would see a July 4th bump, and, and, and I think a lot of us thought maybe that'll continue, and we kind of expected it with some of the economic activity starting to upstart here uh, in pocket, but, you know, it's nice to see it continue in that route, but it sure makes things a little more difficult, right? If you're a freight broker out there, how can you com- keep your commitments to your customers? How do you know which lanes are best? Where is their capacity and where is their not capacity? And so if you're a freight broker, you want to be able to go to your shipper customer, provide them the best intelligence so you can help them meet their goals. If you're a shipper, you know, you may not have a freight broker or you may have a freight broker, but you want to make sure that you're looking at that data as well to one, make sure you're holding your service providers accountable. But the more intelligence that you have into that data, the better you're going to be able to plan and and make sure you reach your budget so that when your boss says, hey, the freight costs are increasing, and if we can decrease that, that helps our bottom line, that you have a better answer than uh, maybe some of those other companies out there. So, you know, if you're looking at that data, it's really critical that you understand those key points and how it can benefit you as you use it. Hey, Michael Vincent, so when will, this was a question that was asked on FreightWaves now, when will the contract market catch up with the spot market? It's just a matter of time. It always lags. But as long as these spot market rates continue to rise and there's that upward pressure, then you'll start to see the contract go because contract goes in, in cycles. Right. And so if this leads and the, the the spot rate uh, spot market is still tight when we get into normal bid season, you'll see a rise in contract rates. You'll see it. it. It always lags by a little bit because you got these cycles. Some of them, you know, there's shippers that run their bids, et cetera, in the middle of the summer. And there's a most majority of it is usually on an annual uh, cycle, you know, with the with the calendar cycle. And uh, so it's it just a matter of time before before it cycles up. And some of the interesting things that I'm seeing inside here as well, Adam, is you talked about the details and looking at these details is you, you see these volumes in specific markets, really high volumes, but then you see lower volume markets around them with with uh, higher uh, tender rejections. And the question is, why does that happen? And it's really, when you look at the mapping functions and you look at the different charting capabilities and the market tables that you can put together within Sonar, you can see where maybe you don't need to do that deadhead from this softer relative volume market to a stronger market because everybody's doing that. They kind of get these blindfolds on or these, you know, they're kind of horse blinded or tunnel vision and think, okay, if I drop in, say, uh, if I empty out in Tifton or, uh, uh, you know, Macon, Georgia, I need to go to Atlanta to get my load. When they got these 10 shippers in Tifton and Macon can't find any capacity because everybody's thinking that before they, they make that drop, right? And then they're heading to this hot volume market when there's actually, you've got this these loads and this upward pressure in these softer markets, which is interesting to me. Adam, Chris Adam, Chris Chris Jolly has, uh, no, ahead. so you, this is too important. Chris Jolly says, how is Highway to Hell not on your list? Highway to hell. Now it is. There you go. I just put it on the list. <laughs> is it 16 best now? <laughs> oh, if, if it's that, if it's that easy, life. Adam. I want space trucking. Can you get space trucking on there, Deep Purple, please? If it's that easy, can you get that one on the list for me? Absolutely. 
I'm going to get you guys the uh, uh, website login and you guys can add it, hunt down the YouTube video and I'm happy to embed that, but I'm just not doing the work. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, look, any good list should have a couple of uh, like canaries in there to, to stoke some of the, stoke some of the fires inside people. There always needs to be like at least one glaring emission in a well made list. If it's too agreeable, how are you going to have conversations about it? Everyone's like, yeah, that's, it's about right. It's perfect. <laughs> that's right. Well, Hey, what do you, what is that? What is that big meme out there that says, I believe X, debate me, tell me I'm wrong. So I'm telling y'all out there that I'm putting it out there. Debate me and tell me I'm wrong. Take it to LinkedIn. Let's go. Hey, Adam Robinson. I've been everywhere, man, is the best trucking tune. Changed my mind. Adam, stay good out there. Where do they go go to find this uh, this list and uh, more of this sonar stuff? Sonar.freightwaves.com. Great content continues from there, and it's going to only get better. Chock full of helpful tips for shippers, brokers, 3PLs, and carriers. Well, Adam, thanks for bringing context to the world of data and for uh, picking up the phone when we dialed. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Always for you, Winner. Yeah, of Bye-bye. course. Wow, good Peace stuff. Peace and love, Adam. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I appreciate him picking up. And I'm glad because he he authored that thing. So he was the next best person to talk to. And I, you know, someone did warn me that, that Cosman may not pick up his phone. I probably should have listened to them uh, yesterday. But, it, uh, but it was an interesting topic that, that he was talking about because, they, I mean, you go to FreightWaves.com and, and look at that article. It's it's surprising. 14 days you have to uh, uh, self-quarantine if you're, if you're a truck driver, especially dri- uh, crossing the border before you can be seen by a doctor. I know. And, you know, we make all this. Oh, thank a trucker. Do this for our frontline workers. Make them essential. But when when the second they need help, they're left out in the cold. They're told to go virtual. They're treated. They're treated less than human in a lot of instances. I'm not saying it's necessarily what's going on in Canada, but there were a number of drivers like Canadian trucker Gene Pothier. He recently tried to schedule a battery of overdue blood tests. He's worried about cancer, right? He was told he had to self-isolate for 14 days because he'd been doing cross-border. It was an option for him because he's an owner-operator. That's how he makes money, right? It's about he owes $3,000 a month on his truck and every day he's got it parked he's losing hundreds to thousands of dollars yeah exactly yeah he can't yeah he can't just sit around for 14 days i I don't understand why they can't make those exceptions or make that happen i mean is that the case with 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 everybody or is it just because they're truck drivers and theoretically they're exposed to more people and and could contract the virus easier i i don't know yeah is that is that you know the the housewife does she have to quarantine for 14 days in canada too I I don't know. I you know I think that when you're a truck driver, they can really easily associate it back to the job. So it's hard to. Hey, what's up, Taylor? What's going on, man? How's it going? <laughs> I'm happy you picked up the phone. I'm I'm uh, one for two. On, hey. I'm one for two on truckers answering the CB today. <laughs> hey, hey, hey man, I'm watching you on on one phone and and watch watching two different phones here, and you're like thirty seconds off on each one. So I had to shut one off. And go to the other. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I have a thing on too. Oh, my iPad just froze. So this is so. Just introduce yourself really quick. I know you got a track. We'll play the track, and then we'll talk a little bit about the world of Tyler Barker. Taylor Barker. Why am I saying Tyler? Uh, Taylor? That's okay. I'm Tyler Barker. Taylor Baker. I entered all of it. But uh, <laughs> I'm Taylor Barker, uh, owner operator with Hint of Transportation. I play a little bit of music, country music, usually sad, depressing country songs. Uh, and uh, just, t- I like to tell a story with my music, man. It's, uh, and I also like to use the music to uh, raise money for nonprofits, you know, in the trucking industry, um, like Truckers Final Mile or St. Christopher's or any 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 good nonprofit that that could that'll help somebody, you know. So that's kind of what we do. Dig it, dude. Well, we got a track from you, so uh, production. If you can roll the tape on that, we'll take a listen, and then we'll, we'll circle back with uh, Taylor.
Hey guys, Taylor Barker here and uh, playing a few uh, songs from the sleeper of my truck. Here's a little song I wrote called Do You Ever Think of Me? times we spent together when we both lived on each other's dreams I never thought it'd be me setting her free and now I'm about to lose all my sanity and what a price to pay Choices I made I wish that I can turn Back to time Cause in my every dream You're all I see And darling Do you ever think of me? Nice. Bringing a little country flavor. You know, when I went to Gats, I went to Gats last year, and uh, it was my first time being at Gats, and I was surprised by how many singing truckers there were, but one of the people that I saw there with one of the bigger crowds around their little booth that was you, my friend. Well, I appreciate that, man. We uh, we have a good time playing. We play a lot at, uh, at a lot of the, the – the, I tell you what, I, I, I got a lot of names that, I, that I've been blessed with uh, – 
associate myself with. And, and I don't take money from these guys. I just like to play and promote good businesses, uh, trucking businesses that, you know, so I go play at their booths and if it draws a crowd, it draws a crowd. Uh, I don't take no money from them. And if I do take money from them, I, uh, I donate it. So, uh, to, to a ch- trucking charity. So, uh, if you see us playing and you see a tip jar, that's where the money's going uh, to a, to a nonprofit. So, uh, it's all for fun and, and it's just a wonderful, uh, experience to be able to play uh, at these truck shows like that. Oh, wow. You have some people in the comments are enjoying it, too. Brian Ritchie says, uh, ask Taylor who the most famous person that signed his guitar is. Do you have a lot of famous signatures on your guitar? I, well, I do. But, you know, I, I've, I've, I've I've been blessed, man. I've got to uh, I got to pick with Brad Paisley once. I've, I've opened up for a lot of big bands, Ben Perry, Jana Kramer. Oddly enough, the Newsboys. Uh, we played down to truck show with uh, Taylor Hicks last year and Bellamy brothers a year before that, I believe. And, uh, Jared Neiman, uh, uh, uh been friends with uh, Joe Diffie's personal was a personal friend, Daryl Singletary, uh, these just from the, from the years of playing music. But, you know, these guys, uh, the word famous and these guys just really don't go together with me because they're just, just good old boys and good musicians. And they're just, uh, You've just been fortunate to hear them before you heard about me. <laughs> you know they, they they don't they they don't they don't they don't consider themselves famous. They're just musicians, they're working people. You know uh, who's had some success, but uh, but yeah, they're uh, great folks, and uh, I've been I've been blessed at this man, and I'm going to keep on going until y'all don't let me do it. No more. <laughs> <laughs> you planning on stopping but, him, Michael uh, Vincent? Well, I'm not going to stop him. I, I, you got a killer voice, man. It, it, and that was a great tune. I love your picking. Really nice stuff. Well, pr- what's your, what's your axe? What kind of axe you playing there? Uh, I carry an old Martin with me on the, on the truck. And, uh, but my, right. uh, usually I either play it or, or an old Takamini. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, uh I just want to say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm new here with you guys. Uh, I just found Tim, uh, I found dinner just about a month ago on here and, and I'm trying to learn more about trucking. I know how, I know the trucking industry from the windshield, but I've never really took the time to learn it from the other perspectives. And that's what I'm here on LinkedIn learning. And, and dinner was the, one of the first that I've seen on freight waves here. And, uh, love your show, man. I love your personality. I love how you, uh, uh, you just, you're just awesome at what you do, man. And I, I'm, Glad I found you. <laughs> oh, you are too, man. You're like, I, look, I'm a huge fan of uh, busking. Like, one of my favorite bands is Old Crow Medicine Show, and uh, I saw them at Coachella about a decade ago. And I thought one of the coolest things about it was they were just doing, you know, they're just good old boys, man. They're just busking for all these like yeah. famous bands that are playing live. They're in the backstage area at the tents. I was able to get back there, and they're just busking for everybody who's playing. And they're like, they're the salty earth. Those guys, yeah. I'm big fans of, uh, hey. of those guys, man. Did you know a fun fact? Did you know that Bob Dylan wrote part of the, their biggest hit? <laughs> uh, Wagon Wheel. Yeah, Bob Dylan wrote part of it, and they—I can't—I'll be honest, I can't remember. One of them wrote the chorus, and one of them wrote the the, the verses. Damn, that's a good one. Hey, so we put out that top fifteen trucking list. What song would you put at the top of your top fifteen trucking song list? Uh, I'm a, I'm a big Bill Weaver fan, man. That's why that's why he trucks hits home with me, mm. or, or this old girl in me. If you guys don't know Bill Weaver, he's a singer songwriter like I am in the in the trucking industry. Uh, this old girl in me talks about him and his truck. Uh, but but on the on the commercial side of it, uh, you gotta go girl on the billboard, man. Who doesn't like you know wild crazy women on pictures? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> a girl on the billboard. <laughs> Michael, what do you got, man? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I lost sound there for a second. No, sorry no, that. we were waiting for speed, bro. <laughs> Taylor, I was thinking to myself, you know, you said you're you're trying to learn everything from the other side. You know, trucking from the dash from from behind the windshield, and you found Dooner and 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 started trying learning from from the other side. We take a lot of enjoyment uh, uh, and learn a lot from you out there driving this stuff. We appreciate everything you do. What are you seeing out there on the road right now? What are, what are your concerns? What's the good stuff that you're seeing out there? Well, I don't want to get crucified for saying this, but the truth will stand when the world's on fire. I'm seeing a lot of idiots with masks on. Oh. Uh, I mean, they just taking this, uh, you know, I'm seeing people getting their cases jumped for not having a mask on. And while the employees got their mask off their face, you know, on their chins. I'm like, come on, man, consistency. If you're gonna if you're gonna make me suffer and wear this mask, why don't you wear it too? You know. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of craziness with the masks. I'm seeing, uh, man, I'm, I'm I'm smoking right now, man. I mean, I'm busy. Uh, I'm at a customer right now getting unloaded. Uh, I was hoping it wasn't going to interfere with this phone call, but we're, <laughs> we're we're you know. So I mean, I pull I pull chemical tankers, so we're we're pretty steady. And uh, other than that, uh, I, I'm, the hardest thing for me to find is is a plate of mashed potatoes and gravy and, and some green beans. Everything's fast food. Hey, and, Matt, uh, Matt Hennig, he says to you, <laughs> if Taylor's saying the freecreditreport.com song, he'd check his credit score daily. So maybe that's an inroad for you. That or like a, a Geico commercial or something as well. Taylor, hey, Taylor, I know you're on social media. How do people, uh, how do people reach out and learn more? We're, we're running out of time here. Uh, uh, Taylor Bill, T-A-Y-L-O-R-B-I-L-T, at Taylor Bill on Twitter is where I usually hang out, or Taylor Barker Music on Facebook. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll definitely hey, have thanks, you back. Thanks, man. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, brother. Y'all have a great day, man. Take it easy. Wow. You Do know, the same, Taylor. Yeah, so he, awesome. he pulls, uh, what's it called? He pulls uh, Tanker, and it would have been great to just talk to him about that, but I also wanted to get that music stuff out of the way, my friend. Oh no, that was that was fantastic, and and probably I don't know, man. Dare I say one of our best play it forwards yet? There's something about a, you know, there's solid, something man. about a singing trucker, man. It, it's like it, it lends a lot of credibility. He's got the cowboy hat on. He's got the guitar. He's got the voice. I mean, what are you gonna say about it? How do you compete? Yeah, I don't know how you compete. He also <laughs> hangs with some pretty good company in the music industry from what he was spouting off those names. But did you hear Dar- Daryl Singletary in there? I thought he was talking about the Chicago Bear, Michael Singletary. <laughs> That's what I thought at first. I was like, wow, okay, football players as well. <laughs> oh, Singletary. Yeah, Singletary's a big man. Well, now I'm excited about our next guest. So Greg Walls is coming on right now. He's from Six River Systems. They make this awesome warehouse robot called Chuck. They're investing in warehouse yeah. solutions. They were picked up in a huge acquisition at the end of last year by Shopify. Uh, last time I talked to him was on an older show I used to do back in 2018. And Greg, my, how you've grown. Thank you for joining Dooner and the Dude on What the Truck. Not a problem, Tim. Great to have be on the show. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking about, we spoke a year ago, but at this point, it almost feels like a decade with all that's been going on. But uh, great to talk to you again. Uh, this year is this year is just endless. You know, our, our our last guest, he brought up kind of a good point. All this inconsistency with with mask wearing, people trying to do social distancing, trying to be trying to reopen. And it would seem to me that a lot of the solutions that you come up with that Six River Systems that Shopify is working on have a new sense of urgency in this time of covid. But before we jump into that, just a little background. What is Six River Systems? What do you and the team do over there, Greg? Yeah, so we're a collaborative mobile robotics company. We started our company in 2015 and have actually expanded our technology capabilities to support the entire fulfillment processes. So 
Chuck, the mobile robot, is kind of the center of it. But at this point, we're now a wall-to-wall fulfillment uh, provider. And the idea here is basically that your pickers are staying in the aisles and the chucks, meanwhile, are bringing the work to and from them. And overall result is a faster increase in pick rates, hands-free and safer picking environment, and an overall reduction in the cost of fulfillment. That's awesome stuff. Let me ask the obvious question. Why Chuck? Why is it called Chuck? (laughs) So for those of you who may be familiar with the Boston area, which is where we, most of us are from and where the company was Uh, founded. Hold on. Little cowbell for for Boston. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. Ring city championship city, right? So hopefully hopefully that doesn't go go to all your listeners, but uh, no, there's a, a large river running through the middle of Boston, the Charles River. So Charles, Chuck, ah. uh, our founder had the idea while running along the Charles one day. So thus the name was born. Wow. Love I know, that dirty water. There's a tune for you, Dooner. I, I know we have a video of, of Chuck in action, but how does Chuck work and what does it do in the warehouse? Last week, we talked to a company that focused on on something I talked to you about. I remember talking in 2018 and I was like, you have these robots. They're, they're basically like robotic carts, right? That go up to people who are, are picking and packing. And I was like, why not the hand? Why not the hand component? And you were telling me some some amazing reasons why that is such a challenge and why Chuck became the focus instead. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So, you know, what Chuck does is the idea is it starts off at an index station, it gets its work loaded onto it, and then travels autonomously out into the picking area. So you, Tim, for example, are a picker. You're working with a Chuck already in an aisle. When you're done with your Chuck, a second Chuck will be waiting for you at that point in time. Your first Chuck heads back on home or to a different part of the warehouse. Meanwhile, you're already under the next Chuck. You're already picking. It's hands-free. It's all directed. And again, the idea is you're just you're keeping the picker consistently moving, moving in the right direction always, which results in a much, much faster rate of fulfillment. And you know, to your question about the, the arm picking, uh, we certainly uh, know of many vendors in the area. A lot of them are actually from Boston as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's an interesting technology. I think there's a, a great future for on the horizon, but I believe it's, it's you know, a little bit of an earlier stage technology at this point. No, you ramped up Chuck quick. We, we mentioned it. What, was it a $450 million deal with Shopify? Something to that effect. How did that come about and how has that changed operations for you and the team? Yeah, so, you know, the, the acquisition of Shopify has been incredible so far. Um, you know, we maintain, actually, we're still a... a, a oh, great. ...while ago and an interest in them and getting involved with more of the fulfillment world, uh, given some of your product initiatives, but... Uh, It's been a great acquisition so far, great team to work with. Uh, We've really been able to leverage their internal resources to enhance our product roadmap and really speed up our time to market. And uh, we're continuing to grow, uh, invest, and it's really been a great, great acquisition so far for us. Shopify has been a great parent company. That's awesome. So the, the end-to-end per, uh, workflow, how, how is that actually evolving? You've, you've got the center part here with the, between the, the picker. And so it, will, will you expand into, into other areas, you know, the end-to-end from the actual pick to the placement and whatever it happens to be if you're packing a case or going out to a truck? Yeah, that's exactly right. So some of the new technology we unveiled at Modex, actually, which the uh, – very last conference we all went to before the uh, the world ended as we knew it, but uh, we call it our wall-to-wall fulfillment, right? So we now are getting into things like packout stations. So what happens to the products after they're picked? Uh, things like automatic loading and unloading with a conveyor. Uh, things like mobile sortation systems, batch picking the put walls. Um, you know, what we found is that with, with our kind of wall-to-wall fulfillment approach, as we call it, uh, the more parts you can control within a warehouse, ultimately the better you can execute, the faster and tighter your coordination can be, which end of the day results in a faster throughput, lower cost, better SLAs, you know, the list goes on. So 
Um, that's kind of the, the maturation of our product at this point, although Chuck is obviously, to your point, still kind of the core centerpiece of our system. Oh, wow. Excellent. So we, we mentioned at the beginning of this, the pandemic has created this new sense of urgency. Are you getting a lot more response? Is Six River getting a lot more response? And and uh, are more people get, is the interest in this field growing? <laughs> I'm, I'm chuckling a little bit looking, staring at our uh, deployment roadmap here uh, on the upcoming peak. So yes, the pandemic has uh, absolutely put a lot of pressure on traditional e-commerce providers. Uh, I saw a stat somewhere, I can't remember where it was, but it was something like it took about 20 years for e-commerce to achieve somewhere around the 13 to 15% range of all orders. And in the past six months, uh, five months, I should say, it's basically doubled. So, you know, for technology providers, 2030 has basically arrived 10 years early. Um, put a lot of pressure under folks to understand how to pivot to direct-to-consumer. Um, obviously, direct-to-consumer is labor-intensive. Labor is very challenging in this environment right now. You know, it all sort of plays into the cyclical impact where people are now looking more and more at automation providers to help uh, help help with the burden of some of these challenges in, in the pandemic times and this all of a sudden resurgence or I should say continued resurgence of e-commerce. This came, I mean, and you know, if there's a silver lining and there is for some industries, some industries are thriving and doing really well. What's also been beneficial to Six River is that you've had a chance to mature and, and be in this relationship with Shopify for not a long time, but a little bit. And now you have that extra financial backing. So you're really poised to take advantage of this uh, additional demand. Yeah, it's it, you know it's a really strange thing to say that um, in some ways we've benefited uh, from this this pandemic, and I, I consider myself very fortunate and blessed to be able to say something like that. But yeah, our, our technology and, and others like us, right, are uniquely suited to help with the specifically each picking fulfillment e-commerce labor challenges that are out there today. And so you know, with this doubling of e-commerce volume everywhere, and and you know the challenges of COVID and getting staffing and the risk now of having a lot of temporary labor coming in and out the door, the need for, you know, a, a automation solution that can enhance the pickers, keep them safe, keep them working at a faster rate uh, is almost uh, more important now than ever. Yeah, it's the consistency of the move of uh, of, of goods uh, throughout the warehouse where the picking, where where the where you've really got the uh, benefit of, of uh, lowering costs, correct? Yep, absolutely. I mean, you, you, we think about it like this. So, you know, with a system like Chuck, like Six Rivers, are, are, are uh, you can essentially think of your picking workforce as a, a distribution curve. You have, you know, Tim Dooner on the left lower hand side, Greg Walls on the right. And uh, with Chuck, you can squeeze that curve together, making it a much more consistent throughput experience and shift it to the right, meaning your entire operation speeds up and your consistency and throughput and uh, timing all becomes a lot tighter and more coordinated, which just overall helps the warehouse run a lot more smoothly. You know, you for a for a robotics and technology company, when I spoke to you last time, and I'm sure the same holds true, you spoke a lot about the user interface and how the worker has to interact with it, how it has to be like apps that they're used to. It has to be like an iPad that they're used to. It has to be intuitive. It has to be that sort of Apple philosophy of out of the box. It just works. People can figure it out without a ton of training. Is, does that philosophy still stand true? And uh, how are people enjoying working with these? What do the workers say? Oh, the, the workers love them. It, it, you know, it, it provides, you think about it, not even just from the screen, right? You're absolutely right. You need it all. It, it, the screen is a lot more intuitive. It's updated. It's more uh, similar to the, the styles of programs or apps that use today. Beyond that, right, and you think about technology like ours, no more pushing and pulling. So heavy carts go away. The physical fatigue is much less. The strain is much less. Pickers report generally feeling much happier and less fatigued by the end of the day uh, using a system like Chuck as opposed to a manual cart. So, 
Uh, almost across the board, we've heard very good things, very positive things from the pickers that have used our system. Um, and, and a big part of that, to your point, is just the intuitiveness, the more familiar UI as opposed to our everyone's beloved old green screen RF guns, um, and just the, the idea that they're able to use this new type of technology incorporated in what traditionally has been a little bit of an older technology industry. Greg, this is this is a super interesting product. Like I mentioned before, I would thank you for inviting me into your office back then, especially when I was on a podcast that not many people had heard of. I really appreciate you opening your doors and showing me this tech. I'm a big robot nerd. But if people want to learn more about what Six River Systems is up to, where should we send them? Uh, check on the website, www.sixrivers.com. Uh, it's a good place to start. Uh, also, we have some links on our website as far as videos, how does the system work, uh, case studies, things like that. So... I would suggest the, the internet is a good place to start. And then uh, if they ever want to you know, discuss whether their operation is a good fit for or not, uh, we have teams of folks that are able to do some, you know, packing the envelope math solutioning. Happy to have a conversation uh, if, if, to see if it makes sense. Thank you so much for your time today, Greg. We, we very much appreciate it. Not a problem, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Wow. Thanks, Greg. Uh, Craig. <laughs> it's Greg. Oh, wait, did you say Greg or Craig? I said Greg. Okay. <laughs> did you say Greg or Craig? I don't know. If we were to start, Michael Vincent, if we were to start like a safe cracking team with our guest today, too, we kind of had like a, a good lineup. Like maybe like Ryan Schreiber is the mastermind. Cosman could have been the mechanic or something. He didn't show up. I don't know. I guess that would be, I guess it's up to Adam Robinson to actually crack the safe. Now, Taylor could have definitely been the wheel man, right? And then Greg we Wells. Don't want is the, he doesn't want it. We don't need him driving the getaway car. <laughs> no, he might not be there. I don't know. He'll be stuck with her <laughs> holding the bag. Where is he? And then you got Greg Wells. Greg Wells would be like the inside man, I bet. <laughs> yeah, he would be the inside guy. Well, we just load all the money on the carts and then Chuck would just take him out to the van, right? Yeah, absolutely. Not that we're using a van if anyone's listening. We're not using a van. Ryan Ritchie says it's duck boat time. Bring out the duck boats. Chris Jolly, amen to Taylor Barker. Wayne Craig, thank you. Been some great weather. A little conversation going on. Taylor's in the comments here, too. He says, thank you, guys. Thank you, Taylor. All right, the first good news, bad news, bad news. Fox 12 Oregon reports a log truck crashed off a bridge in, where is that, Wilhelmina. Emergency cruiser. Emergency crews responded to the Wilhelmina Creek Bridge on Main Street at 1045 a.m. last Monday or this Monday, investigating investigators said the driver was heading east when the unloaded truck went over the north side of the bridge and fell about 20 feet. The truck landed on its wheels. Here's the good news. The driver survived the fall and was taken to the hospital. His condition has not been updated. You know, our prayers are with him. I'm pretty sure he survived, though, and on his road to recovery. Pretty big fall. I think we have a picture of it. Uh, it just fortunately landed on its tires and on its back. Oh, yeah. That could have been really bad. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's some fancy driving to land like that. That's yeah. pretty good stuff. <laughs> Oh, man. And other bad news, Dooner. According to uh, Sweetwater Now, on June 18, 2020, Wyoming Highway Patrol troopers were notified of a possible victim of human trafficking. We've talked about this before. The initial clues were observed by the Colorado Port of Entry officer while inspecting a commercial vehicle. The driver allowed the inspecting officer to speak with the female in the truck to check her welfare and learned that she was younger by almost 30 years. Uh, And the female told the officer that she was an out-of-work model 
bottle depressed and out of money. They had quite a conversation. The officer asked several times if she felt safe or wanted help, and the female declined to give the officer a clear-cut answer to her. Wow. The good news here is that these officers have been completing uh, in-depth training provided by the Truckers Against Trafficking, uh, which worked out in this case because the officer became suspicious after observing several human trafficking indicators, and the officers were suspicious, so they looked up the driver and found out that he had an outstanding warrant for child sex abuse. And so they notified the highway patrol and the truck was stopped with the driver and the driver was arrested and the girl was taken and they uh, set her up in a hotel room and and provided counseling for her. So really good outcome there. Yeah. You know, I met the people from Truckers Against Trafficking at Gats last year. They have a a nice setup there. They're, They're talking. What they do is they try to educate people, especially truckers, because truckers are the eyes and ears of the road, right? Uh, on, yeah. on the warning signs of someone who may be in trafficking, because it's not easy for a lot of these people, like you mentioned here, depressed, out of work model, younger girl. I think it said she was uh, four in the full story. It said she was 40 years younger than this truck driver. You know, wow. you, they feel either intimidated, they have no place to go and they feel locked in that situation and they're afraid to break out of it. So you're not you might not get an honest answer. And that's where that training really comes into play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 kind of in that captive space right there, and they're traveling far from home, right? So where is she going to go? She's going to try and get to somewhere, I guess, and try and get safe. But good thing that it, they're they're providing that uh, that type of training because there's a situation that potentially could have went really bad. Yeah, check out Truckers Against Trafficking. Some great information out there, especially if you're uh, you're on the road. Be our eyes and ears. If you see someone in trouble, you see something, say something. You know, you're not being a snitch if someone's really in a situation like that with a with a, a sex predator. I mean, that could have gone really bad. Um, here, yeah. here's some good news. Here's some good news, Michael Vincent. Mulan. It finally has a release date. You got kids. I got kids. We got young kids. We need to keep them entertained during this uh, during That's this right. whole thing. Here's the thing. This is an interesting one. It's coming to Disney Plus. Having seemingly given up on the prospect of theatrical recovery this year, probably a smart move. Took a little while, but the bad mm-hmm. news is, Michael, it's going to cost you. That's right. The rental is going to be twenty nine ninety nine. However, Ooh. however, yeah, steep, right? It does sound a bit steep. Here's here's the slight difference between this and Trolls World Tour, though. Trolls World Tour nineteen ninety nine. You got it for forty eight hours, right? After that, your kid's still bugging you. I think you said you rented it twice, or Craig Fuller said he had to rent it twice for his kids. You're getting so harped on by that one. So the good news <laughs> is, if you spend the twenty nine ninety nine. And you're a Disney Plus subscriber. You get to keep the movie as long as you're a Disney Plus subscriber. So it's like it released on that day. But this is causing a lot of controversy online. People are saying, hey, that's way too much. Um, I did end up spending $20, I mean $30 in total for World Tour because I had a rental for the kids that I bought it from Apple. You got that $10 rebate, but I was able to make that choice. I don't know. 30 bucks seems a bit steep, exceptionally for a subscription service. Yeah, I, no, I agree with you 100. percent That I, at first, I was I was reading through this as well. That's relatively brilliant there because it was going to cost you 30 bucks anyways, and now they're guaranteeing that they're going to get that extra 10 dollars with the rental, and you're stuck being a, a a Disney Plus subscriber at the same time. But I agree with you. It's not like you can rent them. I would rather rent it for 19.99 and then decide whether I wanted to spend the other 10 bucks. That's that that's the catch. But. You know, hey, still they're still gonna get it. There's still gonna be plenty of people, and you're gonna rent it. Well, maybe you won't. I don't know. I I will. The problem is you have it's like Mulan. I guarantee you, I'm gonna get talked into into buying it. You have a lot of man children like online who, and sorry to man children out there, I'm not trying to offend you, but they they don't realize the the parent perspective that dominates the rentals on these things. And like, why would I, as a single man, get Mulan for thirty? Well, you probably wouldn't, dude. This they're not no. they're not really marketing it to you, man. You're gonna be cynical no. about everything that ever happens. 
Yeah, world. Uh, even Trolls World Tour was not uh, at the single man. No, <laughs> I don't no. Think. Don't, you probably wouldn't care about the stuff you don't have kids. All right, coming up on radio tomorrow, we got you, Michael Vincent. We got Sherman Barnes II. You talk to him on the Midday Market Update about the war on detention yeah. and things like that. We got Pat Drought, who uh, who put a uh, tombstone, an Undertaker-style tombstone pile driver on an internet troll on LinkedIn. <laughs> I got to talk to him about that. Ah, that was awesome. That was awesome. A little, uh, You know what? I'll give him a little cowbell for that one. That was uh, that was a yeah, super yeah, bomb. Yeah. And then uh, we got uh, Max Rell. He does. He's with Workhound. He does a lot of driver sentiment surveys. So really nice, well-rounded program. 3 p.m. Eastern time on your Sirius XM dial. That's Road Dog Trucking Channel 146. If you missed any of this show, you can hear it audio on demand. Look up What the Truck, your favorite podcast player, or look up Freightcasting at every single Freightways podcast, including the Midday Market Update, including Put That Coffee Down, including the Morning Minute, Great Quarter Guys, Freightonomics, all these live events. Carrier Summit coming up. The 18th, what, the 19th and 20th Carrier Summit, free, live, virtually. Check that out. You can find me on Twitter, at Timothy Dooner, that's D-O-O-N-E-R, or connect on LinkedIn. We want to keep that conversation going. You can find him, Michael Vincent, or at Vincent the Dude on the Twitter. Download the FreightWaves TV app, and you can watch all this stuff. Michael Vincent, what's up for the weekend other than radio? Oh, other well, that's the highlight of it at radio. I can't wait to talk to both of those guys, Sherman's Barnes and Patrick Trout, two of my favorite people, and, and Dooner. But other than that, chilling by the pool, bro. Yep, thanks to Taylor, all of our guests, thanks to try and pay for sponsoring this episode, and thanks to the production team for making it go smoothly. Take it easy, everybody! Peace and love, everyone. Fly away into the weekend! Fly away, Dorothy! See you on Monday! We're on radio.